his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. You know, Joe, never in my life did I think I'd be... On the radio, hosting a show, and that, you know, it would be time, 9 o'clock in the morning, uh, the show would start, and it would be Britney Spears bringing me in. That was not exactly how it went in my head when I was younger. I have to say, not the first time I've used that song as a bump. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Beam as a beamer. You're on WBEN. How's everybody doing? A Thursday morning where, uh, you know what? It's... I'm feeling good. We're out of the state of emergency, Joe, uh, effective immediately. Yeah. I am still, even after speaking with uh, Rob Ort that you heard a few minutes ago, not 100% sure what that means. Still, every- <laughs> even though the emergency powers are gone, the confusion is still there. I'm still, because now one of the, and this is not you know what we're really getting into, but I got to, uh, t- because he said yesterday, the governor said yesterday, okay, the state of emergency is over, but... The CDC guidelines remain in place, but what does that mean? Because the CDC guidelines are just a recommendation. They're guidelines. Yeah. They're not the law. So what exactly does it To me, that means that anyone can do whatever they want um, once again. And it's up to local, if a local government wants to put, or a local school district wants to put, you know, a certain masking requirement or something like that on than they have to do. The federal rule is you have to wear, on public transit, you have to wear a mask. Everyone has to wear a mask. That is actually a federal law in the airport and on the plane and on the bus and on the train. Uh, you have, I've been reading a lot of Dr. Seuss. Yes, um, <laughs> that you have to wear a mask in those settings. So that is a federal law. Uh, but as far as CDC guidelines, they are still guidelines if right. there's no law for that. So I'm still a little confused, and that's something uh, I know everyone is going to be working on throughout the day uh, today and tomorrow to be bringing you the latest information on uh, what exactly that means. I'll tell you, though, a day I never thought I didn't think we'd see in the summer of 2021. I really did think the, the emergency powers would go on. And Brian, another thing we're not talking about, but I'm also upset to see the alcohol delivery go. I was hoping that they would make an, uh, a case or make the um, exception that that could continue past. That's amazing, right? Yeah. I mean, you talk about uh, the legislature having not really had to do anything because all the power was taken out of their hands. One thing that they could have done, you know, pass a bit to make this into a permanent fixture, alcohol to go, "Ah, we can't do it. Yeah. (laughs) It just, (laughs) why, why, why? What is, what is the difference? Somebody tell me in the safety concerns 
of somebody going into 7-Eleven and grabbing a humongous can of beer outside of or inside of the cooler and driving home with it versus somebody doing the exact same thing, but it's a restaurant and right. driving home with it. You can't use the safety argument, at least on me, when it comes to uh, a lot of this, uh, you know. Uh, any, anyways, that's it's not what we were focused on. Not what on we're focused on, but I, I just want to say that is, uh, out of all the emergency powers that we sat here and definitely criticized for the last 15 months, I am upset that they couldn't extend or make a permanent uh, exception for alcohol delivery to go. Well, so That's maybe all. They'll probably happen in the future. I yeah. would. Uh, there's enough momentum behind that that I think that is something that will continue to get uh, attention on. I, there's a bunch of things that I want to talk about. Among them is something that happened yesterday. It was a story that we talked a little bit about uh, in the past, and that is this free speech case that the Supreme Court heard, right? A Pennsylvania student who was uh, kicked off the cheerleading team, who was uh, suspended, who was basically ostracized from school over a video she put on social media, right? And the teen learned yesterday that the Supreme Court gave her the victory she had been looking for. This student, um, her district, violated her First Amendment rights. This incident happened back in 2017. She made a social media post, uh, basically uh, saying she was off of school property, post on, was it TikTok? Snapchat. Snapchat, that's right. Post on Snapchat, uh, 2017, this is before TikTok well, was a thing. What was TikTok in yeah. 2017? Uh, post on Snapchat, basically saying, Blank school, blank cheerleading, blank this, blank that, using some profanity and just send it out there, right? Which I think is typical teen stuff. Right. You know, you got the attitude. It's me against the world. It's, you know, you have that. You post it out there on uh, social media. And what did the district do? Well, they sent her off of the cheerleading squad, sent her out of school, citing that video. And now the Supreme Court using a 1969 ruling to make a decision yesterday. Here's a little bit more on that. This is the first time the court considered off-campus student speech. And in the end, they reaffirmed 50-year-old principles that students don't give up their First Amendment rights. And schools can regulate speech that disrupts its core educational mission or endangers other students. She was 14 years old when this happened. Um, the Supreme Court ruling that they overreached, uh, the school district overreached their right to limit the girl's speech off campus. Um, some of the Supreme Court justices uh, writing on behalf that the speech was vulgar, but it didn't present a threat or a disruption to school. That was the main argument from the school, was a disruption to learning. So they violated the girl's free speech. Her father, uh, Larry Levy, talking uh, about what this might mean. If they're going to hand out a punishment for something that they would uh, sit down and, and think about what they're doing and, and all avenues and aspects of it before they make a harsh decision like they did in this situation, not that it was just a victory for Brandy and us, you know, but this was this is a victory for students and parents across the entire country. I I, I tend to agree with that. Yes. I, I think it's kind of ridiculous. If you're in a, if you're a school district, you see a video posted like this in social media to have such harsh punishment against one student 
for something that they said that, you know, uh, a we lot can, of people have said over the course of the year. We can all relate. I mean, when I was 14, I didn't make the, uh, I didn't make the basketball team at uh, Amherst High School. I was pretty bad at basketball, but I went out for the team, didn't make it. If there was Snapchat back then, if there was Twitter, Facebook, I probably would I know you would have been on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I would have. I would and I probably would have tagged the school in my tweets. You know, I mean, I probably would have said, you know, this is, you know, I, I don't want to get into what I would have said, but stuff that would have, uh, if I say it right now, tomorrow it will just be the BMAS show. Uh, <laughs> but I definitely would have would have gone off on school. And like Brian said, that's when you're that age, that's the attitude. You don't get your way. You, you don't make the team. And, hey, as someone who is not overly athletic, believe me, I didn't make a lot of teams I tried out for. I can definitely relate. And for the school to see this video, something that she did off campus, it's not like she made a point to go in the school in this video and, you know, drop uh, and say all this stuff in the middle of the school with the school in the background. She was at a convenience store off campus and she was frustrated. Uh, Definitely an overreaction uh, from the school by far. So a lot of people are asking, okay, what does this mean for schools in the future in terms of uh, what students have to say? I always thought that was kind of cut and dry. You have free speech, whether you're a student or not. Whether, Tinker versus Des Moines, we all learned that in, uh, in grade school, right? You, your free speech, uh, your right to free speech does not end uh, when you enter school property as long as it doesn't disrupt learning, right? So those black armbands that the kids wore there. And when you're off of campus, it doesn't end uh, just because you can claim that it disrupts learning. So I, I did think this was pretty cut and dry, but in my mind it raises an interesting question because it's not just schools, right? That we talk about when it comes to social media and impacting where you do your business. And for a student, that's a school. For a lot of us, that is the workplace. And this has become a very tricky situation. I think even more so um, every single year we move forward where in the past it's just, you know, warning kids who uh, were teenagers around the year 2006, uh, watch out when you enter the job market in coming years, people are going to be looking at what you might have said on social media. Now, it's everybody is on some form of social media. So everybody has some sort of footprint that an employer might be looking at. And I wonder, you know, we we're learning where the line is in a school. I wonder where the line is in the workplace. When you go to apply for a job, it's one, you always hear it in the job interview. All right, they're going to look for you on social media. Make sure you don't have anything embarrassing there. Does that continue after the job interview? And what exactly on social media could you post that would disqualify you from the workplace? Because I think that's an interesting question that is going to become a little more prevalent. I would not be surprised to see a similar case just based on the workplace that we just saw here. I, I think a different case, though, if you're talking about a private sector job versus a public sector job. Uh, this, you know, being in school, they're talking a public school, uh, right to free speech. Now, no one's saying you don't have your right to free speech, but if I post on Twitter, you know, something about my employer, right, or mm-hmm. something that would embarrass my employer, and I think you and I are different than someone that works a, a job that, you know, 
so-and-so, you might not know, they might not have their job in their profile, but I, I think if, if you do something that embarrasses your employer, calls out your employer, uh, definitely you're going to get actions on social media about that. And I think when we're talking, again, about a private sector employer, uh, it's not really for the, the Supreme Court because it isn't taking away your freedom of speech. You have the freedom to say it. Yeah. Your employer had the freedom to fire you. 803-0930 is the number. If you want to give us a text on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board or give us a call, 803-0930 is where to do so. I I wonder on this, though, because I feel like this is it's kind of bleeds in a couple of discussions. One is, you know, Twitter as a public forum or a private company themselves, right? And how exactly social media is viewed. Is it you know, viewed as you're uh, posting on Twitter, the company, or is it viewed as just the same as you talking in terms of free speech? And in that kind of scenario, you know, what if this similar thing happened and a workplace took similar action? If you were, you know, she was 14 at the time, she grows up and she's, you know, 20, whatever, and does the same thing on Snapchat and says, Whatever the employer may be and goes on, you know, F this and uh, expletive here and you say this and that about your employer, I, is that the same as if you're saying that to me or you? Because if you did that in private, I guess no one would know about it. Right. But it, it wouldn't be a fireable offense. If you did that amongst coworkers, that happens all the time, right? I think the idea about social media is, yeah. You and I have a conversation, or you, me, Tony, and Lucas have a conversation. It's only with us within our four. If I post something on Twitter, everyone can see it. Anyone can see it. People that might not even be related to the place that you work at can see it. If you say, you know, say you work in retail and you say, my employer overprices everything, this place sucks. If I say that to just you, okay. If I say that on Twitter where people can see it, an unlimited number of people can see it, especially if you don't have a locked uh, social media mm -hmm. page, I think that's that's different. It's still, yes, free speech. You have the freedom to do it, but it's different than if just you and I are talking. Does it make a difference? Say your uh, Facebook page is locked, but whatever you posted is shared in a way that somebody can see it who wasn't supposed to be able to see it. Well, if you think your Facebook is locked, this girl thought Snapchat that it was going to disappear after someone played it. <laughs> I mean, that's true. <laughs> but where where do you think the line is, right, when it comes to an employer asking about or digging into your social media to see whether or not they want you on the job? Is it uh, is it that, the the public nature of things? Is it um, you know, maybe a picture that you posted. I, where d do you draw the line? Where do you draw the line if you're the employer on what you're looking for? Yeah. Uh, I, I and think where, do, where do we draw the line as people looking for work as to, you know, hey, I should be able to post this without having to worry about it impacting uh, my career or potential career in the future. But you have to you have to realize the an employer that looks at your Twitter, they're looking for the character, right? They're looking at what kind of person are you. If every other tweet is you saying f f this or I yeah. can't believe I have to f and do this, is this someone that we want working? Because obviously, when they get upset, they go to social media <laughs> and vent. What happens if? They're on the floor and they don't have social media to vent. Are they going to vent to a customer? Are they going to get up and, you know, be gone for 15 minutes because they didn't have their social media to vent to? Uh, so I think it's rational to, uh, to ask, hey, if you 
it, it, you know, to not every other tweet. Again, this was one instance and she was upset at 14 years old. I can relate. If you're 28 years old in the last five years of your social media has been like this girl's one Snapchat, I think you have to assume that an employer is probably going to look at that negatively. And if you're an employer, I think looking at the last five years is not is not ridiculous. Now, if you're an employer and you're looking, hey, what did this person tweet about when they were in high school? I think that's going too far doesn't, back. Uh, doesn't the job matter a lot in this? Well, the job obviously matters. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say that. You know, I don't want to downplay anyone's job, but I do think the job matters. If you are dealing with people on a regular basis, I think your social media says a lot about how you deal with people. Mm, that's interesting. I'm, I'm thinking of it more of the, the classic examples that were brought up when we were in school. This is the embarrassing photos. Not that you would know anything about that show. Oh. No, <laughs> but, but those are the kind of things that that we were always warned about. It's the pictures you have to watch out for. Oh, wait, are you holding a beer in that photo that's on Facebook? Guess what? Everyone can see it. See, I think I think now it's more about language than than pictures. I really do. I Yeah, I think the more you uh, kind of talk about it, it makes sense to me. But I, I, mean, I my always profile thought picture it, on Twitter is me holding a beer. Yeah, <laughs> well, but I always, you know, kind of thought that it was it would be funny in so the job that we have is one thing where, you know, we're forward facing, so to speak. People see us. People know us. Our name is directly associated with uh, who we work for. And if we post something like that, then people would associate that with the station with who we work for. Yes. And that's that's one job. If you're working for a big company, if you're kind of working behind the scenes, even if you are dealing with people, I think of, you know, a call center or you work for an insurance company where, you know, you're handling claims and, and things like that. I I don't think it matters as much. I, are, are your clients or customers really going to care about this person's, you know, individuality on social media? Let me say this and tell me if you agree. I don't think it matters if it's say you've worked there, you've proven you're a good employee, you've proven that you don't out, you know, you don't have these outbursts in real life, uh, except for on social media. I think that's one thing. I think when we're talking about prospective employees, I didn't say it was fair, but I think it is reasonable that if you are out there looking for a job, that hey, maybe you should refrain from outbursts on social media. I do think, and I'm not saying it's fair, but I think it's two separate things. If I've worked for a company for five years and I have one outburst on social media, that's one thing. If I'm unemployed looking for a job, <laughs> in the last two years, I've been, you know, anyone I didn't get a job with, I'm having the outburst that this young lady had, right? I, I think it's reasonable to think that an employer's gonna look at that and say, I'm not sure I wanna hire this person. I do think it is viewed differently depending on do you work there? Have you proven yourself as an employee or are you unemployed? Again, I'm not saying it's fair, but I think it's reasonable. And I think that's how employers that you are talking about, like a call center, would look at social media before hiring someone. I just I look at social media as kind of that grounds, right, where you're speaking freely and it's separate from your job. I, there does come a point where I, there's a very big difference, I think, in my mind of something I would say on the air right here as part of my job, you know, working, or if you worked with people, if you're talking to a client, a customer, someone like that on the phone, and you said 
something, that is obviously part of the job. Yes. If you said that same thing, though, on Facebook or Instagram or something like that, I, I'm one, where the line is, it's very blurry, as I think that's separate from your job. If it's not at all part of your job performance, it's not impacting what you do while you're at work, even if it is criticism of the company – I, I think that's very different. I think it is. I, I don't think it's a clear line, and I think it is a job by job. I think it depends on, A, the employer, what you deal with every day, who you deal with every day. I think that has a lot to do with where social media plays in. I'm sure there are jobs that social media doesn't play in at all. I agree that the job met, you know, I'm still amazed to this day, and I will uh, still kind of follow along. There's professors from my college who I remember who are – very clear in what they tweet and retweet some of their thinkings on you know who who are teaching objective journalism courses you know so-called objective journalism and (laughs) media law courses who are very clear in the way they present themselves on social media where they're you know aligning themselves and I was I, I think about it all the time if this existed back when I was in school to the extent it does now and I saw this that would 100% change the way I, as a student, would view and trust my professor in their role as an employee of the college. So that's, you know, there's a situation where I think the line is pretty clear, even though it doesn't seem to be clear in, in a lot of the cases because everyone is still doing the same jobs that they have been. But do you think for te- for teachers and professors, especially teaching in that field, maybe a private account where, okay, you see it because maybe you follow them, you have permission to follow them yeah. after you're in school, but not by their students. Maybe that's how I, social media plays That is in. a little bit because everyone is entitled to their opinion. Yes. But, uh, yeah, how you present yourself, it is – that's, um, that's a whole, that's a whole other show we can do. Can you be objective and have your – and be so opinionated? Yeah, I, I – that is a good question. Well, you can let us know what you think, 803-0930. You're listening to Beam As and Beamer on WBEN. It's Beamaz and Beamer. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
News Radio 930 WBEN. It's a little bit more like it. Yeah, you know, it wasn't going to go double back to back. Beamers and Beamer on WBEN on a uh, Thursday morning. Joe, I got a question for you. Okay. How much you walked into uh, one of the leading supermarkets in the area Uh-oh. and bought a gallon of milk today? How much money would you be spending? 129. 129. <laughs> Here. So that's your actual guess? That's my final answer. All right. You you actually should have asked me this question because I have no idea what I would have said. Okay. I would have said now I know the price because I'm looking at the price. Was I right? No, you were not oh. right. Um, but I think I would have said three dollars. Was that closer than me? Yes, it is, uh, it is very spot on for the type of milk that I get. Right. I, what I'm saying, I would, I should know this because we're buying milk all the time for our son. Which, by the way, it's whole milk, right? Because he's a little over a year old. Uh, whole milk, just. Having whole milk in the house all the time. I drink so much of it. It's so good. It's like having a milkshake just without having to do anything. So if I had a lot of milk in the house, I'd be eating a lot of cereal, which in turn would oh. not be great for me because of the sugar content in the cereal. Yeah, I'm just chugging milk all the time. Anyways, that's but, actually really good for you. Um, no, you're uh, well. I'll use the I'll, I'll use two percent for you. Um, two seventy nine okay. would be the price of two percent. Three oh nine. For the vitamin D whole milk version, so my three dollars was uh, would not have been that far off. No, if we're talking whole milk, you won. Uh, but what I think this kind of goes to show, just a little bit, is how out of touch we are with. Pre- I feel like that's a very common item. Maybe yeah. not for you. Uh, bread, bread. I was going to do bread, but bread is too. Depending on what brand you buy, I mean that price varies. That price is all over the place yeah. for a loaf of white bread, right? Yeah, a loaf of white bread. Well, I mean, you can get a loaf of white bread for 99 cents, right? You you can. <laughs> you can get it for 79 cents, or you can uh, get it for like $2, depending yeah. on what you know, what style, what brand, and uh, all of that kind of stuff. But all this kind of plays into uh, something else that I saw. It, it's an older article, but I think it fits in because we've heard all these stories about prices rising. And it's easy to see in some spots, right? It's easy to see at the gas pump because the prices literally in big highlighted numbers looking at you, staring at you yes. down the street. So it's easy to see there. But amongst other items, I wonder how much people are actually seeing this. And if you go by the prices right, you might not be seeing it as much as you can. This was uh, back a year ago or so. People getting worse at the prices right. That over the course of the decades, back in the 1970s, the typical guess on the prices right was about 8% below the actual price. Now, in the throughout the 2010s and heading into the 2020s, 20% below. People are underestimating the price of some of these items on their first guesses, which would kind of go in line with what you just said with the milk. The good thing is that they're below, because if they were all over, they'd have to rebet a few times. <laughs> yeah. May, well, maybe that does play a part in it. They're, they're thinking, <laughs> I have to aim low just a little bit. But still, it has grown substantially over the years. And there's an article in Quartz that looks into what accounts 
for the guesses getting so much worse over time. Um, well, first, they say inflation was much higher and less stable in the 70s and 80s and before now. Uh, so people were maybe more attentive to prices because they changed more rapidly, more wildly on a year-to-year -year basis. They also point to, and I think this is the biggest one, well, we'll start with this, uh, more products than ever. So you go to a grocery store 20 years ago, and you have a few choices of bread. You go to the bread aisle now, it's the bread aisles. It's not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's because there's a million different choices of what you can have. And there's a million different choices of health bar and what chicken, what brand of chicken, what cut of the chicken uh, do you want, even though it's almost basically the same. This one trimmed a little thinner for you. Um, and there's so many more options that people have a hard time keeping track of everything. And then, I, I think this is the best, people are less sensitive to price because of e-commerce and the way you pay for your actual groceries or whatever it might be when you're at the store. That is, I think that's that's the big one. I mean, you could look uh, at, at all those things, but we do not count out money anymore. We don't write checks anymore. Let's be honest. You get behind someone writing a check at the grocery store, you get upset. Um, you know, we throw it on a card or we buy stuff online what we talked about earlier this week uh we don't we don't we don't buy it to the point where we're counting out our yeah. money we and i think another thing we talked about this uh, off air yesterday another thing is not only that people don't remember their t the total of what they paid for after they walk out of the store no. because we don't keep a check register anymore i think about this how you used to when you're in line at the grocery store what you used to see people writing out when's the last time you saw someone write out a check oh yeah and the checkout no. line at the grocery never yeah never that's by the way if most you're at places the, don't take checks anymore that's true if you're at that grocery store and uh, you see that little ledge that's what it's there for yeah. uh, you know people used to <laughs> write out you're, you're either counting out money as to how much money you're forking over or you're actually literally writing out the amount of money that you just spent and then maybe making a little bit of a note of it in your checkbook. Now, what do you do? I hold my phone up to it. I double-click the side button. Yep. Bing, see ya. I'm out of here. And, you know, how much did that cost? I, I don't know. Maybe there's an app alert on here or something like right, that, right? right? The app alert, did my account go under a certain number? That's how I'll know. But it's not the kind of thing where you go home, you balance out your checkbook, you go on your app, oh, Bank of America, let's see. All right, I got enough money. Hey, I'm going out tonight. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's not. It, it's not where we're. And I'm not saying that we don't budget. I'm not saying we're not conscious of how much money we have. I just think each individual trip or each individual thing we buy. I mean, look at me. I don't do grocery shopping. I buy things as I yeah. need them. You would think that would make me more um, aware of the prices. I couldn't tell you. I buy rotisserie chicken every week. I couldn't tell you how much that rotisserie chicken is. <laughs> Isn't it wild, though? Uh, and You know, somebody chiming in uh, that because people are shopping on their phones, e-commerce items that might be cheaper than what retailers charge in the store. I think that might be another thing. If you have an idea or if you think one way or the other, if you think you could correctly guess the price, unlike so many people on The Price is Right, apparently, uh, lately, you can let us know, 803-0930, our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, or by giving us a call this morning. I uh, definitely think that that's part of it, not physically writing out or shelling out all of that money. 
that you had to in the past. It's all on a card. It's all, you know, one uh, way or shape or form kind of electronic payments. And that definitely removes you a little bit from the money that's going out of your wallet. Yeah. I Also, the you know, to the e-commerce items might be cheaper. I, I, the prices, while it's not the inflation changing prices wildly, I, prices do change a lot depending on where you buy them. And it's tough for me to keep track of, okay, well, this store has raspberries at this price so i know i gotta get the raspberries there but blueberries over here because they're cheaper over here and i'm not sure what the price is i just know that this place is where they're cheaper and then i forget about the price because i'm just thinking well i know i'm getting the cheap price because i drove myself all the way out here just to get it it's yeah and that's that's how we uh handle our grocery shopping that's how we handle going out clothes shopping and stuff and, and again and it could we're talking about taking it out of your bank account but a lot of people will i don't know if they charge groceries but they'll charge some of the things you would see on the prices right right they'll charge those items and if anyone's like me it's well i'll worry about that in 30 days i'll worry about that when the bill comes you know and so they're yeah. not they're not comprehending the kind of money they spend i i think there's some of that i you know when you're talking about the essentials i definitely think there can be an attitude that creeps in of you know it's when we were talking about utility bills well it's like you know you kind of you got to pay it and I, i'm not right. sure you know what uh, you, there's only so much shopping around you can do before you're like well you need a loaf of bread in here or you need the, that can of soup or a gallon of milk or something like that and you kind of need it now you need to pay the electricity bill i it has it gone up a lot you know maybe you do notice maybe you don't but either way it's one of those things that's kind of on your bottom line of you have to pay it yeah exactly and uh but i i don't think this is going to be something that changes brian i think we'll just get worse at it as prices go up here's a great example how many people listening to our voice right now have bought chicken wings in the last two weeks do you know how much you paid for that chicken wing? Do you know how much more expensive those were than two months ago? I don't. I would argue most people don't know how much more they paid. Really? See, I would think that that's something that people definitely notice the price of going up because oh, I noticed, noticed it, the price of it, it going, going up, up. But they couldn't tell you how much they spent. They know they knew okay, it was more. Yeah. They they couldn't tell you how much they spent. Yeah, uh, because how I much... could tell you I paid more for wings two weeks ago. I couldn't tell you how much they were. So you're, I I get what you're saying here. I like. I, I know I'm paying more for wings, but at the end of the day when the bill is here, right. I don't know how much more or less that bill was than the time I went to the same place yeah. a week ago. You don't know the specifics. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that, and I yeah. think that the chicken wing thing is something that you notice, right? You notice it's more expensive. Because it's way more expensive. Right. <laughs> over the It's like 50% more expensive, depending on where you go, over the last couple of months. Yeah. But the you know sudden changes in wing price it's like it's like that creep up in prices that you don't notice as much uh, until you talk to your grandfather one day right i mean and that's how you notice it right is when <laughs> you're paying a dollar a wing i feel like has been the going rate and now more and more it's a little over a dollar a wing right in order of 10 wings you're it's like 12 dollars now oh yeah maybe so it's a dollar and then some per wing at a lot of places and you don't notice it over time. You know, it used to be eight, nine, now ten. Now, okay, it's a dollar a wing, so that kind of goes. And you get, you know, maybe a dollar off if you buy 50 of them or something like that. But then, you know, it creeps up to 12, and all of a sudden you're paying 12 dollars 
for 10 wings and you're not really noticing much of a difference and it's like oh yeah then just going out to get wings until you speak to your grandfather and say hey they used to give these things out for free on the bar it was 10 cents right uh or yeah wing night and it was 20 now wing night is like 75 cents wing night there are places wing night they're advertising a dollar a wing that's crazy and hey we're not we're not that old but i remember 10 cent wing night at certain local bars uh, no, absolutely. Yeah. I remember uh, I th- 50 cents is maybe, I think that was the common wing night price. Yes. Uh, but you're not even seeing that anymore. So I do think that's one thing people uh, definitely notice. Notice, but again, when we're talking specifics, like if you had to tell me the what you paid, the price, I think they know it went up. I don't think they know exactly how much they paid. Bobby in Tonawanda, you're on WBEM. What's going on? Oh, Joe. You're completely wrong. Oh, come on. Have <laughs> dollar stores, uh, all the different stores. I know where to go to get certain products at what stores. Wegmans might be uh, cheaper than Tops. At certain items, Tops might be cheaper than Wegmans. As far as you get annoyed with people paying the bill at a check at a checkout, we get annoyed with uh, people using their credit card for a 99-cent candy bar. Well, it's not a credit card. It's a debit card. It's linked to my account. It's How, just a lot quicker than taking out the I, cash. You know, I, I have been the advocate for cash payments here, but I, I'm trying. Wh- what are you getting annoyed about? We're in and out the door if you're paying with a credit card in no time. It's boom, boom. You're, you don't have to wait for anybody. What's that? I pay with cash. I well, okay. I, I commend you for that, but it's. I think it's one of the rarities. Let me ask you, because you mentioned shopping around to the different places you know where to get what right i think a lot of people do that but i think we actually shop around a few times and then we're kind of on autopilot where we operate under the assumption well you know two times in a row i got my apples cheaper at this place so this is where i buy apples how often do you reassess and actually price compare when you're at each individual supermarket okay you get the uh inserts in the paper Pops has inserts every every uh sunday so you compare to what taps is selling compared to wegmans or even walmart i mean um you go all over the place but you go you don't go out of your way so you're wasting gas before someone no. says that that was my next line i was gonna, how do you right out now how do we calculate this into the now you need to become a scientist to figure this out there's wegmans and tapses across the street <laughs> walmart is a little bit down um dollar stores in the, the uh uh, further up a little bit. They're all in the same area where I'm not driving five miles for here and six miles for there. So you think you would do good on the prices right today? Um, I don't know. Their, their prices are what, from California? Well, they're the actual retail price. Hmm. I think I would. In fact, you know what? I haven't watched that show in a long time. You know, because you're talking about it, I'm going to turn it on and watch it. All right. Hey, you hey. know what? Tell us how you do. Report back on the uh, text board, Bobby. Thank you so much. Um, that I That is another one of the things when you're mentioning prices right specifically. How many name brands do you buy when you're at the store? I Not a lot yeah, for I, me. I am not sold on anything Brand name. Is I buy Monster the cheapest thing that I'm looking at in my eyesight. Monster might be my brand name item. Yes, that would be a brand name. <laughs> but I, I think it's mostly store brands yes. unless something is a little bit cheaper. If something's on sale, a brand yeah. name, yeah. 
But I, I, because the price is right, right? It's the brand it's the name, brand name. Yeah. and what they want you to sell it for. That might skew it a little bit too, because fewer people you're buying the cheaper option that isn't the name brand, and you're directly comparing it. But I'm glad she, I'm glad you guys brought it up because that was my next thing. How much driving around before you're not saving money? How much I'm going to Aldi? I'm going to Tops? I'm going to Wegmans? How much of that until? Okay, I did those things. I paid less for the groceries themselves, but I made up for it because I'm paying three fifteen a gallon of gas. Yeah, I, no, there's a point that, and the convenience factor, the time factor, right. Too. There's only so much yeah, I'm uh, sure time. I could save a, a lot more money if I had the patience. I at some point, you know, I do <laughs> like to shop around, and we kind of do that too. Um, but there is a limit to how much you're willing to shop around. Can I ask you this? You know, it's 2021. We're in, we're both in our 30s. Do you use coupons? Oh yeah, all you're the a time. coupon guy. Yeah, well, uh, do you go search <laughs> out the I coupon? Say yes and no, depending on where you shop, because there's one place I shop where they have the store has a ton of coupons, and you check them all on your phone. Okay, you scan one thing, all the coupons appear. That's awesome on your uh, bill, and then it's easy in, easy out. The coupon clipping, right? I don't, I don't think I get enough coupons in the mail. To be coupon clipping. You know, we have a news guy here who takes our Sunday paper and takes the coupons. We do? Yeah. Well, get, <laughs> drop some off at my desk. I, I would clip some coupons, but I, I think there's, you know, it's the time factor with me. It's, a, you right. know, you're going through this and, you know, how much of this name brand stuff do I actually buy? Not that much. Exactly. Right? So I uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not as much of a coupon person as I think a lot of other people are. And there's no more Columbia House, so... What's that? That was the thing that you used to buy cassettes. You would fill it out, and then you'd send it, and they'd send you three cassettes back. Was that in the coupon uh, folder? They would have. You could sign up for Next it. Next to in, the uh, uh, painted plates? And the checks. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll be back tomorrow on Beamaz and Beamer. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.